Well, let's welcome back here. We are pleased to welcome Tom Wynn, the incredible broadcaster for the Milwaukee Milkman, as he gives us a preview of the team and the series coming up here. So, Tom, thanks for joining Kevin and I here tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Well, Tom, let's just start about uh, talent-wise and the way that this season has gone on. A little hiccup here at the end, but, boy, this Milwaukee team looks completely loaded, great starting staff, solid bullpen, good lineup out there. What has been your thoughts watching this team on how they got to this point this uh, this season? Well, I would say the lineup has been pretty solid throughout the year. Uh, we've been blessed because we haven't had too many injuries, so that's that's always a key. And I would say the same basically with our, our pitching staff. First half of the season, our, our starters were were really good, uh, probably as good uh, as we've been for any half of the season in, in Milkman's existence. However, uh, second half uh, – Maybe not quite as strong, but again, we had a superlative first half of the season, so I, I'm not sure we could have matched, uh, you know, the type of performances we were getting for the uh, for the first half of the year. Uh, bullpen has been okay. I thought at the beginning of the year that would really be one of our strong points, but uh, hasn't quite come together as much uh, as much as we thought. The reemergence of Peyton Gray has has obviously been big for us. Uh, you know, I would put up Peyton up against any closer in the league. That's for sure. He's he's been tremendous. Uh, again, especially second half of the season. When uh, the first half of the season, Nate Hadley was our primary closer, and Nate did a great job, but uh, he went through kind of a cold stretch uh, around midseason, and that's when they switched roles, uh, moved uh, Nate up to the setup guy, and then had uh, Peyton take over as the closer. Nate has been pitching a little better lately, but uh, he's still not, uh, not in the form that he was the first half of the season. Looking at this lineup, uh, Tom, Brian Torres is just a guy that just astounds me. You know, he talked to us a couple of months ago about he expected to hit 400, and it wasn't like arrogant. I mean, I, I, he was talking like, I just, this is where I should be hitting. And just as you watch him play, what is it like this guy just continuously finds a way to get on base and have such an incredible year with stolen bases this year? Brian just seems like, well, whatever he makes his mind up to do he's he's capable of doing it there are very few baseball players who are able to uh who are able to do that quite honestly as good um he he's probably as good of a contact hitter as i think i've ever seen uh at at any level of baseball now you know he's not doing it in the big leagues so we would have to see if 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 he were capable of doing it i find it astonishing that a hitting talent like that and not just a hitting talent but you know overall uh talent i mean he's he's certainly a very good second baseman uh hasn't gotten more recognition from the uh from the major league scouts uh again he's still relatively young uh i i think brian is uh 24 uh maybe 25 so you know he's he has certainly some years to grow and develop and I, I just got to believe that somehow he's going to get his opportunity uh, with an affiliated team again and be able to uh, and be able to show what he can do. But uh, I, uh, I really have, can't recall seeing anybody who can be as offensively dominant as as this guy. What I think is really interesting this year is that uh, around midseason he had had no home runs, probably the first forty games of the year, and all of a sudden. He, uh, I think he just decided, you know what, I'm going to just start hitting some home runs. Uh, our team in general has not been much of a power-hitting team. Uh, I, I think Brian probably took it upon himself to just say, look, i, I got to start hitting some home runs because we're not getting a lot from the rest of the ball club here. 
and uh, lo and behold, you know, he's got 11 homers by the uh, by the end of the season. So uh, again, just kind of uh, just kind of reinforces the idea that uh, wh- whatever he intends to do on the field, uh, he he can certainly execute it. Uh, it's really uh, really pretty impressive. Now, Tom, you talked to us a little bit about when the season got underway about great stories that you saw for this club. As you're looking back on it now, what have been some storylines that have really stood out for you? One of the things is, you know, we actually got off to kind of a slow start. We were just three and six after the first nine games. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of wondering, I was kind of wondering, well, uh, you know, are we going to be able to uh, – kind of flip the switch and uh and uh the team that uh we were projected to be and then uh we uh we put together a seven game winning streak early in the season which is a franchise high which doesn't sound you know overwhelming for a team that's been around five years but that was uh that was the longest winning streak we put together and that seemed like almost to turn things around uh very quickly there and that uh we kind of regained our confidence, I guess, a little bit. Really got the pitching staff into the groove at that point, and uh, and probably you know everybody at that point was uh, players, coaches think, okay, you know, this is the team that we were kind of expecting to be, and uh, so I think that was the that was really kind of the uh, turning point of the season. Um, I think the other story was is at the start of the year, you know, we really thought that. Uh, Drew Ward and Miguel Gomez were going to be, along with Brian Torres, were probably going to be our three key guys offensively. Obviously, Brian has been throughout the season. But, you know, Drew has struggled throughout the season, uh, just has not been able to uh, match his performance from his uh, his couple of seasons up with uh, the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks. And, uh, uh, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Drew Ward was only going to hit two thirty six with seven homers and 41 RBIs, but that the Milkmen were still going to win the division title, I would have been a bit skeptical, perhaps, of that because, again, we didn't have a lot of power sources coming into the season. Drew was certainly expected to be one, and uh, you know it's been tough all year. He had a uh, he had a hitting streak, I think, a 13 game hitting streak going in the first half of the season, but very few extra base hits at the time. And then he got injured. He had an oblique injury that knocked him out of the lineup basically for a month. And when he came back, uh, I, I'm not sure he's really been a hundred percent quite honestly, since that time, uh, you know, he's just been trying to trying to gut it out and do what he can do, uh, to help the ball club. It's only been really the last few games of the year. This, uh, this series we had against Gary, they looked like the drew ward of old where he was really driving the ball, uh, you know, all over the place. And hopefully, you know, this is going to be a great sign for us coming into the postseason. Uh, Miguel Gomez, uh, another guy got off to really kind of a slow start. Now, he picked it up in the second half of the season. He's actually going into the uh, postseason pretty hot offensively as well. But, um, you know, between those two guys, uh, we, we really weren't getting a lot of production. But, you know, we had other guys, uh, Campbell Lego, Gabriel Cancel, uh Aaron Hill, uh, especially in the second half of the season, those guys really helped pick up the slack. Michael Kraus, when we were finally able to uh, get him on the field around midseason, he's also been a, a great addition to our team as well. So that's uh, that's I think another part of the storyline for the for this season. One guy you didn't mention, and I'm not surprised because I mean this guy has been a very good player in the league, but it's often flown under the radar is Roy, Roy Morales. 
How much has yes. he meant to this ball club with his consistency day in and day out? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And and, and probably I, I should have said Roy was obviously another guy that you know going in the season. You know, based on his track record, we we certainly were counting on him to be one of our to be one of our key players. Uh, not only offensively, where where Roy once again has just proved he's a hitting machine. Uh, again, almost as good a contact hitter as as Brian Torres, which is which is really saying something. But defensively as well uh, as the catcher, uh, you know, great uh, great receiver uh, uh, can still throw out runners, uh, stealing on the bases. And I think just gives us a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of calmness and stability back there behind the plate. And, you know, he's a versatile guy. He can play any of either the corner infield positions as well. So, yes, I would have to agree, Kevin. I was really remiss in not mentioning him because uh, he's he's obviously been uh, one of our one of our key players, led us in RBIs this year. Uh, again, not a guy who's going to hit a lot of home runs. I think he ended up with seven this year. But uh, as far as not, not only his a raw hitting ability, if you will, his numbers, but the number of clutch hits that he was able to produce throughout the, the course of the season. So, you know, yeah, he's been uh, he's been as good as uh, as good as advertised, and uh, and obviously that's that's been one of the keys for us as well. Now, last year's team, you know, we've made a big deal out of the situation, not in both sense ignoring it that. The Milkmen will only have game one at Franklin Field. Well, they'll have to play the last two in Kane County. Last year, though, we saw the script where one home game at Franklin Field and then they had to go to Chicago. So there's enough guys that are back with the Milkmen from last year's playoff run. How much does that help the team get mentally ready for the grind of another playoff run? I think it's a big factor for sure. I, I think in any professional league, when you talk about guys with playoff experience, that's always big. And uh, and as you said, Kev, we have a lot of guys, both uh, field players and position and uh, pitchers, who went through the run last year. And so I think that's definitely a key factor. You know, the other thing is in a best of three series, uh, I, I'm not sure how big home field advantage is. Yes, I, obviously you'd like to have it if the series goes three games. You want to be playing that final game on your home field, but it's not as big, I don't think, as a you know as a best of five or a best of seven series. So hopefully, um, it's not going to factor in as much. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I guess we'll find out. It's uh, game one is always so huge in these best of threes, and uh, so you know if we can uh, if we can get this first one coming up Wednesday night at Franklin Field, uh, then we'll take our chances. You know that we can get one out of two down in King County. Tom, talk to us a little bit about the resiliency of this team because I, I think you look at this and you say the team had a, a you know a heartbreaking finish to last year uh, in the championship series. Logan Frobridge retires, Miles Smith retires. It's two of the biggest pieces of this club over the last few years. Drew Ward didn't have a particularly great season, as you mentioned. A lot of reasons why this team should not be where they are right now, and, and so. Talk to us a little bit about why you think that this team has been able to overcome some big things like that, especially psychologically, and still be able to go out there and win the division. One of the reasons I think is uh, our manager Anthony Barone and, and the coaching staff, uh, DJ Boston, and uh, pitching coach Jose Rodriguez, and also Mason Davis, our uh, our first base coach, who of course was our primary shortstop for the last three seasons, although uh, he missed last year's playoff run due to injuries. But those guys, I think, have brought a lot of 
stability, obviously, to uh, to the ball club. And so, you know, when you have good leadership and good coaching uh, in that in in those positions, I think that goes a long way to doing it. And you know, uh, we do have a lot of veteran guys, even though uh, you know a lot of our key veterans uh, weren't with us last year. Uh, Roy Morales, uh, Drew Ward, um, you know, coming over to play for us. Uh, uh, the first time, uh, Reggie Pruitt Jr. and uh, and also Rudy Martin. Uh, you know these guys again. They've been pros for a long time. Campbell Lego certainly another guy who has just been uh, tremendous for us. Uh, really the the ultimate utility guy who can play anywhere and still and still hit a ton for you. Um, so these guys are all seasoned pros, right? They've all been around a long time. The pitching staff, Ryan Zimmerman, obviously a uh, six-year veteran in this league, uh, has had a lot of success, had a great season this year. Uh, uh, Peyton Gray, uh, Nate Hadley in the bullpen, you know, these are veterans who have who've been there, done that before. Um, and, uh, you know, Gregory Vasquez, who we, uh, who we picked up for the first time this year, and uh, uh, you know, still could be in contention for maybe being the uh, the starting pitcher of the year in the league with the season that Gregory had. So, yeah, I think we I think we have a lot of our, our experience, uh, both as as far as the uh, the players and especially as far as the uh, you know the leadership and and uh, and uh, experience of the coaching staff. I think has really played a big part in us. Uh, you know, <laughs> there were probably a couple times during the season, you know, beginning of the season and maybe a couple other parts where we could have. Uh, we could have really fallen apart kind of quickly, but uh, uh, I, I think those are the factors why we were able to kind of stay on course and uh, and eventually win the division title. Well, Tom, on that note, tell us when the Milwaukee Milkmen are hoisting the Miles Wolf Cup above their heads, what happened to make that occur? I think pitching-wise, it's going to be Ryan Zimmerman and Gregory Vasquez and Christian Young among the starters. Christian uh, had a bit of an elbow issue the last couple weeks of the season. So uh, Anthony uh, rested him for his last start, uh, hoping that, that the additional rest uh, going into the playoffs would help him. We still don't know what his status is, so that would really be a key. Um, so I guess, I guess you'd have to say, you know, uh, Christian uh, could be uh, could be an X factor as far as the uh, as far as the pitching staff is concerned. But there, there's no question we need uh, we need Ryan Zimmerman and Gregory Vasquez to uh, to pitch well for us um, among the starters, and, and obviously in the back end, you know, we need uh, Frankie Barto, Nate Hadley, Peyton Gray to really uh, to really pitch well for us. Jack Mahoney also our only left-hander. Uh, his performance is, is, is going to be key as well. And then offensively, um, no doubt one of the keys is going to be Drew Ward. You know, is is this going to be the Drew Ward we've seen the last uh, uh, few weeks or few days of the season? Or, you know, is it going to be uh, the struggling Drew Ward that we saw throughout? Because, uh, uh, again, I don't know that we are going to be able to uh, produce enough offensively without Drew doing his thing. Uh, not that I want to just you know put all the pressure on him. Again, we have a, a fairly well balanced lineup, especially at the top. But uh, but that's going to be that's going to really be the key for us is, is Drew's performance in the postseason. Fantastic. Off the top of your head, can you, oh, go ahead. Well, off the top okay. of your head, can you um, recall what Ryan Zimmerman's numbers are against Kane County because? It seems like every time I remember him pitching against Kane County, he was throwing really well. Yes. Uh, I believe he has had 10 career starts. He is 7-0 and with an ERA of around three. So he has wow. had a mastery of the Cougars 
that uh, you know has got to be proportioned, uh, uh, approaching you know uh, historical proportions in the American Association. Um, so there's no question about it. I'm sure that's got to weigh heavily on the Cougars. How are they going to do? How are they going to get? To Ryan Zimmerman, um, so that is a, a huge factor, and especially with Ryan slated to go in Game One, that's going to be obviously a, a key thing. Now, if if the Cougars have a good game and are are able to beat them for the first time, or at least you know uh, knock him out of the box, uh, that's going to go a long way toward their confidence as well. Uh, Cougars, uh, they've got a solid lineup, and uh, uh, you know I'm sure they're not lacking in confidence uh, coming into this otherwise, but. Yes, Ryan Zimmerman has been a, a dominant starter against the Cougars. Fantastic. Tom Wynn, thanks for joining Kevin and I. My pleasure, guys.